And what a goal it was! Stewart makes it 1-1. And it is a gorgeous little chip. This could all be the moment. It is the moment! Hello and welcome to Kickoff, the Football New South Wales competitions podcast. You may have already heard our NPL Men's New South Wales season preview. Well, this week, it's time for the NPL Women's New South Wales competition preview for 2024. I'm Teo Pelizzeri, and I'm joined by one of the preeminent voices and writers in the NPL Women's New South Wales space, Nicola Posda. Nicola, great to see you. Good to be back. It's season number 11 for me, so it's exciting and another big one coming up. And my kickoff co-host from last season, Henley Warner. Henley, it's great to see you again. I know. It's an exciting season we've got coming up. Can't wait. So let's get into it. Henley, where do you want to take us first as we look ahead to the teams, the competition, the players, and also what to watch for in this uh, women's space? at the elite New South Wales level in 2024? Well, I mean, the stage is set for this hot contest this year in NPL Women's New South Wales competition. You've got 14 teams going in. We've got some new team. We've got UNSW. They're heading into the league after a successful season in League One division. So we all know that they're just going to be fighting to make their mark on the NPL Women's New South Wales comp. And then on the other end of the ladder, we've got RP Leichhardt, who we all know had an absolutely brilliant season last year. They took home almost everything, you know, but after talking to Ashcroft on the weekend, they're on the hunt for that last piece of silverware, that grand final title. So be a big season for all the teams to make sure they're avoiding that relegation, but also getting into those final spots. We have a new name for the competition this season and everyone's got to wrap their head around it. Slight tweak, but uh, tell us again, what are we calling the competition this year? We're calling it the MPL Women's New South Wales Competition. And you were at the season launch with every club. It was great to see both uh, the NPL and League One represented in the women's space. I'm amazed that every club had their kit ready two weeks <laughs> out. And speaking as a Victorian, uh, you don't see that. Yeah, you got some clubs that turn up to pre-season photo shoots uh, in a T-shirt and then someone from the manufacturer will turn up with a bag of kits to provide them kit at the last second. So, you know, these things happen. But how was that season launch and getting to meet and greet uh, a representative from every club? It was good to get to know some of the girls a bit better. You know, this is only my second season, but it's so nice getting to know the personalities and the people behind our amazing competition. You know, we had a bit of rain, but that didn't put a dampener on anyone's day. It was a really great day. Yeah, it's just... How I say it, it makes it even more exciting knowing in a few weeks we're going into such an amazing competition. Before we get into some of the other nuts and bolts, Nicola, um, it would be remiss of me not to mention something going on outside uh, NPL Women's New South Wales in League One. Mount Druitt Town have signed the hero of last year's grand final, former Matilda Lena Kamis. I saw they had Emily Koss at the weekend. So Emily Koss has gone from playing from Melbourne Victory to Mount Druitt in less than a year. Um, so is something extraordinary going on outside the top division that's going to kind of uh, be the talk of what's coming in 2025? Or is that just a, a club making a, a few big big splashes to grab some attention in preseason? Uh, well, Mount Druitt, I think they've recruited really, really well um, going into their League One season. They've brought in a fantastic coach as well in Ben Goff. Um, Ben's worked mostly in the men's space last year. spent time, I believe, at Nepean. So he's coming in now... At, um, at Mount Druitt with some really good players. Uh, Lena Kamis, obviously, she, she's the hero of 
of, of the MPL. Now she'll perhaps become the hero of League One. Well, it's it's a big loss. You know, last year's grand final was a great occasion and uh, Lena Kamis, a bit of a legend of Australian football, never mind New South Wales football, scored both the goals late in the grand final, but we won't see her in the division this year. So if you're coming into this competition and you're wondering, hey, what happened to Lena Kamis? Don't worry, she hasn't retired. She's just uh, helping out Mount Druitt in 2024. Now, if we're talking like the nuts and bolts of the competition, we've got UNSWFC coming up with the promotion. You know, they've got a lot of fresh names joining their squad, but also in the coaching staff, they've got the former Sydney FC Academy coach Pat McCann coming in. And after speaking to a few girls actually at the launch, they've been saying he's got some pretty big expectations. Now, Nick, what do you think we're going to see from this team? Well, look, I've spoken about this previously. I believe teams that have come up in the last few seasons that have got promoted, they've really done well and staked their claim to be MPL women's New South Wales teams. Um, you look what RP has done since they got promoted. You look what Bulls Academy and um, Gladwell Ravens did last year. Union New South Wales will be looking to do something similar. It won't be easy, but they've re- they seem like they've recruited well, so it'll be an interesting season for them. And we saw Bankstown City sadly go down with relegation. How do you think they're going to go? They're going to be fighting, hungry to get back up into that top league. What's your view? Absolutely. I, I know Bankstown's recruited well. Their ambitions are to come straight back up. And it won't be easy with Mount Druitt, obviously, there and the Central Coast Mariners. So they will have a tough task, but it'll be something on their agenda to definitely come straight back up. And talk us a bit about the finals. Talk us through the structure for this year. So it's the same structure as last year, top four. Um, we'll have the 1v4 in the first week of finals and 2v3, and then they move on to the grand final. So people looking at last year's ladder will see that Bankstown City were nowhere near the actual bottom of the senior table. Uh, for anyone new to the league, maybe Matildas fans, A-League women's fans that are taking a look at this competition for the first time, tell us how relegation works. So relegation is an accumulation of points between the 18s, the reserve grade, and the first grade. The first grade is weighed by a times four. Um, So their points are multiplied by four. And then at the end of the season, the bottom team of the club championship is relegated to League One. And unlike the men's, no promotion relegation playoff. It's just one up, one down. One up, one down. Very simple. Okay. Well, high stakes in the second tier. You've got to finish top. You don't get an opportunity from second place. Now, the Sapphire Cup, we saw that initiated last season. Uh, Tell us how that works. Uh, What's the lay of the land? Because all of our NPL Women's New South Wales teams and players will be participating in that as well through the course of the winter. Yeah, so it was an excellent initiative by Football New South Wales last year to introduce the Cup. We'll see the... MPL clubs come in a little later in the competition. They'll miss the earlier rounds. But once they're in, it's it's all on. I know RPA travelled last year to the Central Coast um, and RPA was eventual winners in the end, but it's a fantastic initiative. and it's, it's More regional teams, I reckon. I, I want to see Wagga. I want to see Griffith. I want to see teams from all around New South Wales entering this competition because it's one of the best things about... I, I remember the... Um, the the, the Women's Cup in Victoria isn't named after anyone. It was n- named after a various sponsor each year from when it was introduced in about 2012. But it was always a thrill, a bit like in the uh, Australia Cup for the men's, to see women's teams from regional areas and country towns enter. So I hope, I, I mean, I expect the Wollongong region, a bit like the Men's Australia Cup, to give us a big cup set or a big surprise at some point this season. Well, you, you'd hope so. You know, the, some games were quite tight. Some were quite a bit of a 
difference between obviously the MPL and the grassroots clubs, but it'd be great the more regional teams that enter, the better it is for the competition and the more it grows. Absolutely. And this year as well, all the games as well for the MPL uh, Women's New South Wales games, they're live streamed on the YouTube channel, on the Football New South Wales channel. So live, free and on demand. So all you need to do is hit the subscribe button and you'll be up to date with all things MPL. Now, you and I will both commentate games through the course of the season, Nicola. Men's and women's, to be fair, will be split across both competitions. But it is... Uh, we need to make this uh, announcement. If you are a woman and you want to hear more female voices on the women's commentary, get in touch with the media team at Football New South Wales. If you have radio history, if you have commentating on the sports history, clip it up, send it through. If you're totally uninitiated, just express an interest because there is a, a real appetite there. I mean, working in the A-League women's space, we've had five different female play-by-play commentators on the A-League women's this summer. Um, and three of them being from Melbourne will be back doing NPL Victoria this winter. Football New South Wales, we need to step it up. We need to get similar sort of numbers. So hope, um, hopefully we can create an environment where there are more women wanting to try commentary, putting their hand up. Well, we had a couple last year, and it was fantastic. Uh, a, a female voice for the female game is, is always good. I'm just hoping Henley jumps on the mic. Oh, on the comms. It be fantastic. <laughs> You know, to, to give it a go as well. So my, my vote's for Henley. Gosh, no pressure there. <laughs> well, as we're talking about getting into this season, success stories. From Let's have a look at what was going on last season. Nick, what do you reckon? Who's your success story? Look, I, I had a few from last season. It was a fantastic year all around. There was a lot of teams that really impressed, a lot of players that really excelled. Um, the one that has to come to mind first off is, is Peter Trimus. She was... Fantastic last year. She's only 17. She scored 10 goals in the in the competition as well. And she was a real linchpin in Jamie Gomez's team, um, along with Charlotte Lancaster and Avani Prakash. Um, they led from the front. Uh, Peter got a call-up to the, the A-League women's competition as well um, with the Central Coast Mariners. She's been great for the Mariners too. She scored a few goals. And now she's in the Young Matildas. And been named in the Young Matildas squad. So... It, the MPL New, Women's New South Wales competition really is a springboard for some of these these girls, and, and Peter's definitely one of them. It's a great example because at the start of last season, she'd been in the, the Junior Matildas mix, but you know, at, at 15, 16, it's always hard to tell who's going to go and have a good senior career. But she had a real breakout season in the MPL Women's and, and was one of the reasons the Bulls were such a success. She was an absolute standout. Um, like I said, 10 goals is, is, not, is quite a feat for someone at the age of 17. And... It's been great seeing her develop, and I think there's there's a future Matilda there and something really exciting brewing there. I want to pick out a fellow Central Coast Mariners player because Peter Trimmers at the start of her career, Ashley Irwin, perhaps at age, what, 23, might have been forgiven for thinking that she was never going to get that opportunity to play in the National League and had been an outstanding player for Sydney Uni for a number of years and then Sydney Olympic last year, and now first season at Central Coast Mariners has barely missed a minute over the course of the entire season and has just stepped into that next level up straight away, which says a lot about the standard of NPL Women's New South Wales that a player can play in this season sort of unheralded, underrated for years and years and then seamlessly step into the National League. Ashley Owen is a perfect example of someone that was a standout performer for me in um, 2023. She really was a rock for Sydney Olympic at the back and whenever she played, Sydney Olympic excelled. Um, but yeah, seeing her and a whole plethora of, of other players from the MPL competition in the New South Wales MPL competition step up has, has been fantastic. And another youngster for me, Tegan Bertolissio, what a season she had last year. 
I, I remember seeing Tegan in the youth playing with boys. Um, she later moved to the Institute and then from there, she just hasn't stopped. She keeps developing. She's getting better and better every, every week. Um, she's confident. She's dominant for a 17 year old. She's just the next Matilda there as well down the right side of the, of the defense, I think is, is well covered there with Tegan. Um, she moved on to Canberra United, um, this, this season from the MacArthur Rams. So. It's been another another good stepping stone. Not just about players on the way up. NPL Women's New South Wales is also a great place for players to prove themselves a second time and get a second or a third chance. And uh, amongst a long list of players who had sort of a, a bounce back season and used the winter of 2023 to get back into the National League, I just want to flag Sarah Morgan, who was playing every week for NWS Spirit and got, a, got an opportunity to go back to the National League at Adelaide United. And also Margot Chauvet, who had been at Wanderers and had kind of, you know, not been given much of an opportunity. She had a great season at Sydney Uni, playing in a new position in midfield, and now she's playing on a semi-regular basis at Sydney FC. And you've got a, a similar uh, redemption story there, Nicola, of a player who was in the National League and came to Australia, never mind coming to New South Wales, to relaunch their career. Well, not that she had an opportunity in the National League, but she's a bronze medalist from the World Cup. Uh, the under-17s World Cup with New Zealand. Um, she scored 23 goals last year. It's Kelly Brown from the MacArthur Rams. She was a massive part of them going on to clinch the championship. It's very hard to see MacArthur next year without Kelly Brown in the squad, but what she displayed last year, she was phenomenal and she deservedly got her call up to the Wellington Phoenix. And yeah, onwards and upwards for, for her from here. Well, I'm on the young gun train. I, I have to agree with you, Nick. I'm fully support them. Um, one of the ones that instantly came to mind for me, though, this year was India Breyer. Now, I she was one of the key players on the wing at MacArthur Rams last year, and that performance that she gave caught the eye of some of the coaching staff, the A-Leagues women's, and rightly so. We saw her then getting signed by Western Sydney Wanderers on a two-year contract. So I just think that's such a fitting team for her. She's going to be surrounded by so many experienced players, such as Amy Harrison, who I think she'll learn quite a lot from. So success story, I reckon, Indy. Now, these aren't the only players. And just to give you an example, uh, if you are new to this competition, uh, first-year A-League women's players that came out of New South Wales NPL in 2023, Josie Wilson at Newcastle, Hannah McNulty at Canberra, Tess Quilligan at the Mariners, Chiara DiDemizio and Avani Prakash at Western United, Rebecca Lake, the New Zealander who came to Sydney, played for Northern Tigers and then went back to Wellington Phoenix, and also Alex McKenzie from Wollongong who went to Canberra United as well. And other comeback players that were in the NPL last winter included Bianca Garlich, who has relaunched her career at the Mariners. Same for Annabelle Martin, who was at Sydney Uni. Alexia Karastahl, who was at Bankstown City and has got back into the A-League as well. And also Alex Huon, who was actually a guest on the Kickoff podcast last season. We asked her why she didn't play in the A-League women's over summer. Well, the good news is she had a great winter uh, and was able to bounce back into the A-League women. So those are just some of the players, and that really speaks to the level of talent. But also, you pay attention to this league, you're doing exactly what the A-League women's coaches are doing because it is such a hotbed of both emerging and returning talent. Well, on the train of you know, A-League's women players, who do you reckon we're going to have back for a cameo? Who might play an entire MPL women's season? Nick, what do you think? Well, look, you, you can't imagine Apia like her lining up without Rihanna Policina. Um, and I'm sure that Claudia Chico will also be back there. And most of these clubs will be 
getting back their A-League women's players. But it is the elephant in the room, isn't it? Because, I mean, we can't not talk about the fact that last year's grand final, all the Wanderers players were given the OK to play for the MacArthur Rams, but Bulls Academy were without their Sydney players, their Newcastle players, their Central Coast players. I mean... And this is something, this is the juggling act that's been going on for years and years. I mean, I've seen, you know, grand finals in Melbourne where you know, a goalkeeper wasn't allowed to play in a grand final because she was training with an A-League, t- a W-League team during the week. And that led to the backup goalkeeper playing for like the first time of the season in a grand final. So this is hardly a new issue. But Nicola, the way the calendar works means that if you're getting players back from the A-League women's, you know you're probably not going to have them for the first couple of months of the season, but you're also not going to have them at the finals. So it's such a, a strange balancing act of who do you commit to and who, do, who are you going to give an opportunity to, but also maybe take an opportunity off when those players are back available to you for a, maybe a couple of months mid-season. Well, yeah, it, it happened last year as well to, to Apia where they had the strange um, situation where they had to pick one or two games where their players would play and it was either... The Sapphire Cup final, where they played against Northern Tigers, or it was the uh, the semi final against the Bulls Academy. So that was one of the, the tough things that Arpia had to deal with. And again, they, these aren't the only. Uh, obviously, those we've already mentioned: Spirit Bulls, North, and, Northern, and Tigers were Northern Tigers, quite affected. Yeah, they all had to deal with this problem. Um, and we've already seen MacArthur's list come out, so they're expecting a whole heap of their A League women's players to be back as well. So. The competition sort of changes once the A-League women's players return because you're going to have a, your dominant teams from the first part and then once the A-League women's players return, things change again. I, th- I think nothing sums up last season and how it was juggled better than it. In round one, teams were like half or even two-thirds of their reserve teams. Then by finals, it was an ex-Matilda scoring the winning goal. So over the course of the season, like the same competition was completely unrecognisable from start to finish. But I think what's great about NPL Women's New South Wales is we have those players that fall into the category of, you know, either due to work, their day jobs, or due to, you know, not wanting to move into state. We still have outstanding players playing in this competition and they will be here for every week of the season. And I think someone like an Ashley Crofts who ended up with the gold medal last season is a great example of that. Absolutely. The competition has that much quality within the ranks that even when these players come and go, there's still enough there to, to make a bang. And on that note, the players to watch. I know for me personally, I'm very excited. Sorry, Nick, I think I might steal this one from you. But Bronte True, I'm very excited to see her in MPL Women's New South Wales. Um, You know, she's had quite an impressive season with League One, obviously at South Coast Flame. She found the back of the net, what, 29 times last season. Like, that's incredible, which earned her the league's top goal scorer for 2023 and also a spot at MacArthur Rams. So... It's only natural that she's recognised that achievement. Nick, sorry, mate, what's yours? No, but I just want to reiterate that as well. They lost a player in Kelly Brown, which who scored 23 goals for them. So Stephen Peters was after a player that was prolific. He's found that in Bronte True. I watched her also in the League 2 Futsal Grand Final. She was phenomenal there, the, the best player on the, on the court for me. Um, so, yeah, an excellent signing. But aside from that, and I've spoken about this in general already, but I think Arpia has done some incredible recruitment over this period. Um, and when you look at who they brought in, Brinley Gentle, who was the Jets' best player last season, she scored over 10 goals, I think 15 goals last season. Um, they brought her in. Charlotte Lancaster was a revelation for the Bulls last year. It's a massive loss for the Bulls. And bringing her in as well, Arpia's got so much more down that left wing. 
which means Ash Cross can play through through the middle as she likes to do so. Um, but for me, I've got to say Mona Walker is one of those players that have really caught my eye over the last few years. She came in at the Emerging Jets. She was excellent there. Um, last year at the Northern Tigers, she was a massive signing for them, and now she's reciprocated that with Arpia. She really dominates the midfield. She's strong in possession. Um, everything's very positive about her, and the other thing is she can play both in the centre of defence and in the centre of midfield. And because she's a dual citizen, Australia and New Zealand, look, I hate to say it, she might get signed for an A-League women's team and then Arpia lose her for the, the end of the season. I mean, they'll be hoping to have her all the way through, but, I mean, she having that dual citizenship means that it's not just the Phoenix that would be looking at her, it'll be the entire A-League women's. So. Well, absolutely, but I also know from Arpia, especially with their... Suprema Matteo Majorana, he he really encourages his his players to look for those A League women's um, contracts, and he supports them as he has throughout the years already. All right, my players to watch. First one, Anna Hunt. I was at the game where she got injured last year for Sydney Uni, and unfortunately, it did look pretty serious, and it, it knocked her out for quite a bit of the year. She is the sister of Matilda Star Claire Hunt. Now, unfortunately. The, the bit of the injury curse does run a bit in the family. And Anna Hunt has had her issues with injuries as well. Unlike Claire Hunt, she's an attacker. She's not a centre-back like her sister. Um, she has a, a lot of quality. She's very quick, good technician. Sydney Uni are confident that she's fit and ready to go. I think if we see an entire season of her, just the fact that she's Claire Hunt's sister will automatically get her a bit of buzz and maybe attention from the next level up in the A-League women's. But for the benefit of Sydney Uni this winter... I think you know they they have historically always had great strikers. You think of Roller Batawia winning the gold medal for them, um, and then in previous years where they were in the grand final and, and challenging, they were just blessed with talent. So Anna Hunt is the next one that I think hopefully will be leading the line for the entire season for Sydney Uni because she's got a lot of potential. Another one I want to pick out, and again, I was looking for players in the demographic of will they play the entire season could they be um, taken away to A-League women's level or, or do they need you know, maybe a couple of good years in the NPL to make their name? I think Amber Luchtmeyer at Bulls Academy is a great example of one of those players that's emerging who could potentially score 10-plus this year and then maybe who knows what the, the future holds. But uh, Blacktown Spartans at the end of last season were battling relegation and Amber Luchtmeyer was one of the vital players that helped them avoid relegation in the end. Well, I sort of call her the saviour of Blacktown because... Had it not been for Lukmai at the end, I don't know would Blackdown have survived. Um, she was phenomenal. She scored some important goals. And they weren't just important goals. They were spectacular goals at that. Um, and definitely one to watch. An incredible pickup for Jamie Gomez at the Bulls Academy. So a really good signing. And one other one, and this is probably... I saw a lot of Sydney Uni last season when their reserves players were playing in the seniors in those early weeks of the, of the uh, campaign before the A-League women's players came back. And Taylor Agostino was a player who wasn't necessarily going to be, I think, a, a certain senior player at the beginning of the year, but she played that well to kind of lock down her spot. Now, she's not at Uni anymore. They've lost her to Sydney Olympic, but I think she's a very underrated, unheralded player. Quick dangerous, kind of good game sense. So that's another one that caught my eye last season that I'm looking for more from this year. So I've gone for three players that don't have huge name recognition in this league, but those are the little black bookers that I think watch out for. Now, you mentioned Arpia. They've had the benefit of a couple of their players 
as train-ons at Western Sydney Wanderers over the A-League women's season, like uh, Barazio, for example, who hasn't made her A-League women's debut or been signed, but at least has been in that environment. Another one at Sydney Uni, Talia Capitanellis. She's been training at um, Western Sydney Wanderers all summer. That'll do her a world of good, because again, I think she was a, just a reserves player who got that little taste of senior football, scored a hat-trick in one game in 15 minutes, and then seemingly kept her spot for most of the rest of the year. And just another one, a bit of a blast from the past, even though she's still actually quite young, Lexi Moreno at Gladesville. I mean, she burst onto the scene at Perth Glory as a 15-year-old, um, has moved to Sydney in the meantime, was in the NPL last season. She's playing pre-season now. Uh, an amazing technician, two-footed, one of the best sort of technical players you'll see. I just hope she's... Uh, injury-free, motivated, and able to play a full season. Because if you were saying, you know, who could potentially win the gold medal this season, that is actually the sort of player I would pick if she plays the entire year. No, absolutely. Lexi Moreno, she has had that quality and there's always been this this whisper around the league consistently of, of her being this really special player. We haven't seen it yet. And from all reports that I've received, she's had a fantastic preseason. And maybe this is the year for Lexi Moreno. Now, on the topic of players to watch, let's make it a bit more specific. The young talent that we have in the MPL Women's New South Wales competition. Nick, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who is the young ones that we really need to watch out for this season? Look, I'm, I'm going to focus on, on the Institute. I think that the Institute has been a fabulous breeding ground for talent in New South Wales and in, in actual fact in Australia for women's football. Um, Michaela Duong, she, she came onto the scene with a special goal or a couple special goals last year. I'm sure most of you remember that. Um, so she'll, she'll be one to watch. And one that came on a little later in the season was Kaylee Talon Hennicker. Um, so much speed, so much fantastic technique, something really, really special there. I think she's that next one and no pressure. Kaylee, but I think she's she's one that could really, really do something. And another one who will have benefited from training with Sydney FC all through the summer as well. Absolutely. When, when you play with quality and train with quality players around you, you can only get better, right? So I, I expect her to really flourish this year and hopefully have a massive season. Um, Sydney Uni are quite tapped into New Zealand. They have signed Aria Blackler, who's an under-17 New Zealand international. Now, Auckland comes into the A-League women's uh, season after next. So not not at the end of this NPL season, at the end of the one after. Yeah, New Zealand's got their own national league, yes, but it honestly wouldn't surprise me if more and more Kiwis start identifying Australia, especially with the streaming situation and how we promote our league and the fact you're playing under the nose of every coach, both in Australia, but also the New Zealand teams. Wouldn't surprise me if we see more Kiwis. So Aria Blackler at Sydney Uni, she's one to watch. Uh, I've been super impressed with Emma Dundas at the Newcastle Jets this summer. She's only 16. So you'd think she would go back to the emerging Jets, maybe take a mandated break. Maybe Junior Matilda's duty will get in the way with uh, the tournament they've got coming up, uh, I think, in May. But back half of the season, wouldn't shock me if we see Emma Dundas playing every week for the emerging Jets. And another youngster who uh, I, I did spot playing for one of Institute's lower age teams season before last and have always just kept this name in the back of my mind, Taya Munchensky. Uh, she's gone to MacArthur Rams. Now, the MacArthur Rams have a great history of fostering young talent, Nicola, but she's left the Institute to go to Rams. She's probably going to have to earn a spot in that team, though. It's a tough senior team to get into, but that's one of the other youngsters I wanted to flag. So I saw Taya last year toward the back end of the season play a few games for the Institute, and she, she was really good. Um, you could see that there was, a, there was a talent in there. And again, she's going to have to come up against... Well, 
Bronte True and perhaps Kelly Brown when, when she returns from A-League women's duty. So there is some work to do there for her, but a good place under Stephen Peters to, to excel. I think one of the other young talents we need to also keep an eye out is, is Alessa uh, Insad. You know, last year she played around what, 11 matches in the MPL Women's New South Wales. However, I think the main reason I want to talk about her is I was intrigued by her because she was only 14 when she made her debut. Now, that is crazy. I'm sorry, that's insane. Uh, midway through last season with Blacktown Spartans. And she was also selected for the junior Matildas camp to train for the AFC under-17s Women Asia Cup in Indonesia. So that's taking place in March this year. So with being at such a young age, I know I've got a good feeling about her. I think we need to keep an eye out on her because I can't wait to see how that future pans out for her in the comp. And Henley, just on the junior Matildas, uh, important to recognise the work that the Emerging Jets and the Institute are doing because they have uh, contributed a huge number of the latest Australian under-17 teams. So... Kiva Bray, Emma Dundas and Jade O'Brien from the Emerging Jets. And then Amelia Kasser, Michaela Duong, Tiana Fuller, Alvina Kashaba, Christina Kachik uh, and Elissa Ngsad along with Jasmine Selva uh, from the Institute. And then Ava Carlson from Central Coast Mariners, Talia Eunice and Ishia Brooking. Not sure if, I think they might be too old to play in the boys' leagues this year because Eunice was playing in the uh, boys' juniors at the Wanderers last season. So it be interesting to see where she pops up. Um, during the winter, but that's a, a huge chunk of the under-17 national team coming out of New South Wales. Not a surprise, Nicola, but just evidence of the great work that both the Emerging Jets and Football New South Wales Institute, and I'm sure the Central Coast Mariners, will uh, start to up their numbers too going into the future. No, I, th- I think it's fabulous, and it's something that, with, with the AIS sort of stopping what they had previously, Football New South Wales taking over that space has really helped as well as obviously the Jets and the Central Coast Mariners, their, their academies have really helped the development of the female game um, and they've given these young girls really good quality and a great option to play at the highest level. Now, boys, it's that time. We have the season predictions. Now, I've got mine, but Teo, let's start with you. Look into the crystal ball. Call uh, it for me. Because we do have a final series and I'm just thinking about who might be ready to hit the ground running and who might... Um, have the strongest team. Oh, no, wait, it's always MacArthur. So I'll be choosing the MacArthur Rams. Thank you very much. That's my prediction. They they are the top. I know they've lost a couple of players and, and they do have uh, a number of players in the A-League women's system, but I just think they've got a great eye and a great finger on the pulse of what's going on uh, in order to recruit players in, uh, and I think they will be right up at the pointy end once again. Well, Tay, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I think that Arpia's recruitment this year has been phenomenal. Um, they've recruited a fantastic team of players that when the A-League women's players return, they won't be overly affected by that. Um, and the last couple of years, they've sort of tried to manage their numbers where they're only bringing in three or four A-League women's players. Just a word on the change of coach, though, because it's not just a new team and players they've recruited, it's a new coach too. Exactly right. So Spencer Pryor left at the end of the last season. He had a fantastic three-year spell there. Brought the club some trophies as well, which is incredible for RPA, considering where they were only four years ago. Um, so now Brad Attard comes in. Brad Attard, who was at the Blacktown Spartans previously. He comes in. He's got a big job to do, but I believe with the squad assembled and his quality as a coach as well, I think that RPA will be a little too strong. And last year, they missed out on the treble just by not getting to the grand final. I think this year... That could be this could be the year of the treble for Apia. Teo, you're outnumbered today. 
I'm, I'm on the Arpia train. Okay, I'm on the yeah, Arpia train. I'm sorry. <laughs> They've got the weapon of, you know, Ashley Croft's up the front. They've got a brick wall of a goalie, Sophie Magus, um, at the back. Heaps of new signings, as we've spoken about, but also a few young guns I think we need to watch out for. We've got Mia Golding playing, as well as um, Annabelle Gamash. Former A-League players, Mona Walker, Charlotte Lancaster, we've already discussed. Yep, I'm with Nick on this one. Arpia are the ones to watch. We're, we're, we're going for Arpia. All right, let's let's uh, spread the net a little bit. Yep. You don't have to give me your exact top four, but who who is... I mean, all teams are aiming for top four at the start of the season, I'm sure, but who do you think starts with the, the upper hand to challenge for a top four spot beyond the two we've mentioned as title contenders? It's a bit hard to get to these um, MPL women's New South Wales squads, but from what I've been able to gather so far... I believe that the top two we've already spoken about, Harpia and MacArthur, I think that the Bulls have done really well in recruitment too. They've brought in a few young guns from the Football New South Wales Institute. Um, they've added well. And that fourth spot, just like it was last year, it'll be a bit of a battle. You don't know what Spirit will do. They've got a new coach in, in Tony Candy as well. Um, Union New South Wales, We spoke. I spoke about that earlier too, how the newly promoted clubs generally do really well as well in their first season back. So... It'll be interesting to see what they do. Gladesville Ravens have recruited well. Sydney Olympic is a bit of an unknown, also coming in with a new coach. The Illawarra Stingrays only lost two games in the second half of last season, and they're coming in with almost the same squad again, minus one player, and it's the captain, Michelle Carney. So It's a big out. That is a big out. It is. Yeah. It's, it, it is a, I guess it's sort of like Lena Kamis not being at the MacArthur Rams. It's a massive loss for the Illawarra Stingrays. Uh, but look, how, how will they react to that? And of course, another breeding ground that we've seen is Manly United. They've done fantastically over the years. They haven't made the finals in a bit, but maybe this is the year they get into the finals too. I think Northern Tigers will be in of the course. conversation, especially because they're very tapped into recruiting as well. So if they, when the A-League women's season ends, you just never know who might be walking through the door to give them a sugar hit for a couple of months. Or players, I think the, the, the demographic of player that's caught in the toughest situation is the one who leaves their club but doesn't have a deal lined up for the next summer. So they kind of have to sing for their supper. They've got to go back to the NPL and, and play and prove themselves again. And that's maybe almost the player you want to sign because you know it's someone who's going to be committed until the end of the season, until someone comes and knocks on their door. Great example, maybe Tiana Jaber, who has been picked up mid-season in the last two seasons by an A-League team. So players kind of but wasn't ever signed at the start of the season. So that's the sort of opportunity that I think the Northern Tigers might be able to swoop on. But you're right, I don't know who's going to finish fourth. <laughs> I mean, it's so difficult to try and find who could emerge out of the pack of players. Could it even... I think the Institute teams will be too young. And I do think that um, with the young Matildas in a really good position to qualify for the Under-20 World Cup, if they do qualify for the Under-20 World Cup in August you won't be seeing those players often in the NPL. They'll be off playing in future Matildas program, playing midweek games against boys' teams. So it could be you know players like Gemma Ferris, Amy Chisari, players who we've seen come through Institute and make their name in NPL Women's New South Wales in the last few years. It's a very good chance they're going to spend most of the winter trying to get into that World Cup team doing that with the young Matildas. So really tough, but... Yeah, if I had to pick one other team outside the of Arpia and uh, the Rams, I'm probably going to go with Northern Tigers. Henley, yeah. is there anyone who who you want to just flag? I mean, I think we've, I think we've mentioned every team that's in yeah. the league. At all uh, all twelve of them, we've given them a shout out to some extent. Well, all fourteen, I'm, I should say. 
I don't know. I, I'm going to go for the underdogs here. UNSWFC, I'd love to see them up there. First year in, get them in. You know, we've they had a brilliant season last year and I've heard there's a few really decent players that they've signed. So I think they'd be exciting ones to watch for that fourth spot in the finals. I think it'd be a great, great achievement for the team. All right, last question, and it's a totally open one. What do you want to see this season? It can be teams, it can be individuals, it can be big picture for the rest of the league. I'll go first uh, for this one. I do want to see Australia qualify for that under-20 Women's World Cup, but also the under-17s Women's World Cup, and I want to see those teams filled with players from New South Wales. But from a, a specifically... Uh, That's big from a Victorian. No, no, from a team, from a team specific point of view, I want to see the players who have a bit like that Ashley Irwin demographic. I want to see the unsung heroes of NPL Women's New South Wales having breakout seasons. I want to see players announcing themselves to the national stage. I want to see them, you know, excelling with their clubs, having amazing seasons. And like a Chiara Di Demisio at, at Sydney Olympic as well. But in your early 20s, maybe you didn't make junior national teams, maybe you weren't in the system as a teenager, but this is the competition of opportunity. Yeah, Alex McKenzie at, at Wollongong as well. This is where you can make a name for yourself. This is where you can make that next leap, and you can do that by having an outstanding season. So that's really what I want to see in uh, NPL Women's New South Wales this winter. For me, I, I, the league every year has improved. It's got better and better every year. I want to see the coverage continue to grow as it has, and that's massive thanks to Henley there as well, and yourself, Teo, a, a voice of football in in Australia now as well. <laughs> Get there. So I, want to, I want to see, I want to see the game keep keep growing. Uh, in particular, the women's the women's game. I've been involved now for eleven years, and every year it's gotten better. And I, I expect much the same in twenty twenty four. I expect it to improve and keep keep getting better. Yeah, absolutely. And just to go off that, agreeing with like, you know, more women on the commentary teams, things like that in the media. Would love to see that. I'm going to bring it back to the comp for a second though. Arpia. I want to see them do it. I want them to have their little fairy tale ending and bringing it all home and making history once again. Well, I don't think it'll be the end because the way I see them, I think they, they want to keep building, getting bigger and bigger as a football club too. So I'm going to come back in for one last point. I want to see... In the final four of the Sapphire Cup, a team from outside the top flight. I want, mm. I want a miracle cup run. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's from League One, where there are plenty of capable teams of doing it, or whether it's a total, total unexpected surprise. But I would love to see when we get to the final four of the Sapphire Cup, one uh, fairy tale cup team that's gone on a bit of a miracle run. Well, I, I think when you when we talk about that in the final point, if you have a look at the clubs that have come up every year, they've done really well. And this year, our League One looks very, very strong. We've got three extremely strong teams, and I'm sure there's a few more in there. So maybe your wish isn't too far away, Teo. Nicola Posda, Henley Warner, thank you for joining me on this season preview podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Teo. I look forward to more of these throughout the year. And, of course, you can watch all the action on the Football New South Wales YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe to kick off wherever you get your podcasts. We will be returning with regular episodes and the players as our guests, the players, the coaches, the administrators, the people who make it all happen. That will be part of kickoff in 2024. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Teo Pelizzeri. Thanks for your company. We'll speak to you again soon. One to go, the overhead kick. And what a goal was! Stewart makes it 1-1. And it is a gorgeous little chip. This could well be the moment! Yeah. It is the moment!